Welcome to our podcast, The Third Option. In a binary world that's caught up in right versus wrong, left versus right, and good versus evil, we see the love of God as a third option. I'm Rick Manis. And I'm Judy Manis. Join us here every week for conversations about the magnificent love of God that we believe can and will change this world. Enjoy! Well, today we're starting um, new episodes um, on a series that we're calling Looking Beyond the Masks. Uh, is it masks or mascas? Masks. That's hard to say. Masks. Um, but we're, uh, yeah, we're talking about looking beyond the masks because things are not always as they seem. And I'm excited about it because we're going to break it into four different topics. Um, the mask, um, the mask of the Bible, or uh, in other words, today we want to talk about there's there's sort of an illusion, if you will, that there's a there's a um, a way of looking at the Bible that it seems like the majority of people look at it and they mis- really, really misread it or misunderstand what it's trying to say, and you have to look past this illusion or this mask to see what the what the bible uh really contains for us right it's it's an illusion but it's also like what you think at first you're seeing and then there's like a deeper reality that if you can look through what it seems or appears on the surface Mm -hmm. there's a real truth underneath yeah right and on the surface very simply the bible looks um, to most people like a, uh, a book of right and wrong. It really looks like the book of knowledge of good and evil. It does. How's that for a reference back to the Garden of Eden, <laughs> right? I mean, it does. It's handled that way quite a bit. Yeah, and so, and so it looks that way through, through, the normal, through our normal human prejudices. This is what we look for, it seems. Uh, usually when we look at the Bible, people are trying to find out What's right and what's wrong? What are we supposed to do and what are we supposed to not do? People often ask me as a, you know, when they, knowing that I'm a Christian or knowing that I'm a, a, a minister, um, they'll ask me questions like, is it wrong to do this? And there's something in my gut that just, just kind of cringes because I'm like, okay, we're, we're looking down the wrong path here because that's not really what it's about but it it seems to be that way and it's so interesting because in genesis god said don't eat of that tree exactly evil because it's not good for you right right it'll 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 end up bringing destruction instead of instead of life and and what we're saying today is that in the book the bible um we really can see those two trees we can see the knowledge of good and evil in that book we can use the Bible, and we can and 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 people do it, don't they? They they it's used for a uh, a morality code, mm-hmm. and but there's also it's also the book of life. There's also life in there, mm-hmm. and they're two totally different things. And it's almost like you know, it's almost like the Bible. You could look at it as the Garden of Eden, uh, in a sense. 
to where we see these two trees. We see these two sources here. One is a book of knowledge of good and evil. And we can look at there and we say, all right, according to the Bible, this is evil, this is good. And we can make it all about that. But many of us have also found that there's something richer than that. Something where, whereas in my own personal life, using it, seeing it as the knowledge of good and evil um, frustrated me to the point where after a couple of decades of, of using the Bible that way and following the Bible that way, I finally had to have it out with God and said, I can't, I can't do this. It's not satisfying me. I'm, I'm doing all the good that I can find in here. And then some. I'm, I'm abstaining from all the evil that I can find in this book. And then some. <laughs> and then, I'm, you know, if it's not in the Bible, I would add my own <laughs> rules to it. Trying to follow that knowledge of good and evil. And, and finally, I said, I'm not, it's not bringing the satisfaction. And nothing I do in following the book that way is doing it. And it's just like... The picture of that tree in the Garden of Eden in the book of Genesis, it, it, just, it just kept killing me. It just kept bringing guilt and condemnation and, and, and more fear and more sense of inadequacy and more sense that I was more of a feeling of hopelessness in some ways that I was never going to get satisfied with what, what I wanted from God. On the other side of it, it also would bring pride. And yeah. self-righteousness. Yeah. And I'm better than you because yeah. I am doing these certain things. Isn't that, Isn't that interesting that it is both those sides um, to the knowledge of, of good and evil? Uh, yeah, it's interesting because you feel that too. Uh, and they both come from the same place. They both come from a sense of self-value that comes from what we do rather than who we really are as children of God. And so... And the reason that that same thing that brings guilt and shame when we compare ourselves to God's holiness and God's um, goodness, really, <laughs> is it brings us guilt and shame because, because we compare ourselves to that standard and we keep thinking that we're supposed to attain to that standard when we use the book as a knowledge of good and evil. On the other hand, we can see that we, we take that book and we follow the good things and we also compare ourselves to other people. We can all see other people that are not doing the good things we're doing. And so that's what gives us that sense of pride and self-righteousness. At the same time, we're carrying the guilt and the shame and the, and the, uh, the sense of, of never quite measuring up. At the same time, we carry yeah. both of those. Yeah, well, when you're, especially if you're comparing yourself to somebody who's better than you are in some mm -hmm. of those areas. Yeah, yeah. So but you, it's interesting because Adam and Eve, when you look at that story, the result of eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is the same result when scripture is used, I, I say like to clobber people, like mm -hmm. to, to just focus on good, what's good and what's evil. Mm -hmm. You end up feeling shame or, or feeding shame to people, condemnation, fear. Like it's all used in a way that doesn't uplift, but rather tears down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's that's what it ends up doing. It'll it'll cl you'll clobber yourself with it, and if you're going to clobber yourself, you will certainly clobber other people with it because mm -hmm. because what we receive is what we freely give, mm -hmm. and so that's the 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 the, 
the ugliness and the danger and the, and the painfulness, really, of taking this, this Bible and using it as the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, there is something beautiful to be found there, but you have to look past the surface. And we, we call that the surface because that seems to be the assumption that most people go with when they go to the Bible. They, they assume that they're going to find good and evil. I, I think that was my assumption. Yeah, when I first too. read the Bible, and you're really reading it the best way you know how, through your flesh. Mm-hmm. Like, this makes sense to my flesh. Mm-hmm. This makes sense to my flesh. If I do this, then I'll be okay. If I avoid this, then I'll avoid uh, right. retribution. Right. And, and, and in reality, when we look at the Word of God, rightly dividing, as it says, rightly dividing the covenants and all that, what we see is Christ bringing in the revelation of the Father. And what He says is what it is. And what He does is how it really looks. And we see grace there. <clears throat> Excuse me. We see goodness. We see mercy. We see love. We see the Father's heart. This is life. This is where we, we receive our life. We receive our worth. We receive our true identity. We receive a clear picture of how Daddy really is with us. For God so loved uh, now, people will have a problem with it because they can see those beautiful scriptures, but they're still looking at the knowledge of good and evil as if the book is a book of knowledge of good and evil. So then they, they like, yeah, but what about so-and-so said this, Paul said this, Isaiah said that, Moses said this. And so they get confused with it because they're still trying to look at the Bible as the as a book of knowledge of good and evil. But, but what we see is the graciousness of the Father. And when we see that kind of love that the Bible does talk about, the veil is removed. The mask comes off. It comes off. The scales off of our scales come off of our eyes. And the Bible says that in what Christ reveals, we see the glory or the goodness of God. And it affects us. It changes us. Yeah. That's where the tree of life is. That's where the effect uh, is. And when I laid down that that following the Bible as a book of knowledge of good and evil and saw the beauty of the Father and saw a love that was unconditional and saw a grace that was amazing and was more than enough for me, um, it, it brought rest to my soul and took the burden off of that tree of death, that, that knowledge of good and evil. It took the burden of that off and it made me fall in love with God for that's the first time. Yeah. For the first good. time. and. Uh, when you uh, and that's the thing is, is when you see the Bible as a book of knowledge of good and evil, you don't love God. You you will you can fear God. You can have a lot of respect for God. You can be very devoted to God. You can believe very strongly in God. <laughs> you know, um, and you will and and you may even it'll even may even cause you to work hard for God and and consecrate your life to 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 serving God and doing good things in the name of God. Uh, you can do all those things. But as the New Testament says, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 13, I can do all those things, but without love, that God kind of love, it really doesn't profit me anything. I'm still living under the uh, the book of knowledge of good and evil. And, and when you see the beauty of God as revealed in the, the good news that's, that's contained in the Bible, 
you fall in love with God. Mm-hmm. And it, it explains why. We love him because we see that he first loved us. And that brought a response. And I share it so often how I used, when I was looking at the Bible as a book of knowledge of good and evil, I would often cry out to God and pray, God, help me to love you more. Because in that book, I saw as part of the knowledge of good and evil, um, I saw that I was supposed to love God with all of my heart, with all of my might, with all of my strength. And I would look at myself and I would see where I'm really falling short of that. I don't want to. I want to do good. I want to be good. I want to follow the knowledge of good and evil here and 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 cleave to the good side of it. Um, but it see, what that does, it puts so much of it on us, and I never could attain that. I Until you see how beautiful, how unconditional his love is, until you see how merciful and gracious he, he, he is, and none of us see all of it because he's more than any of us have ever dreamed. But when we start to see the reality of that, then we begin to fall in love. And when you fall in love, then you'll look in the scriptures then you'll see life. You'll see beauty. You'll see, you'll see a rest for your soul. You'll see grace. You'll see reasons to be in love with God. Mm. And uh, somebody once said that, you know, it's because people are not in love when they read the scriptures, they pervert the meanings of the scriptures. Uh, conversely, on the other side of that is when you are in love, you see the beauty of the scriptures and, the, and, and, and understanding comes to you. Mm-hmm. And empowerment comes to you. It does. And when I, when I, when I, after I fell in love, after seeing the goodness of God, um, it, the scriptures started all coming together. I started seeing the context of them. I started understanding. You know, there's a lot of people that I know that, I mean, they've been through Bible college and, 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 and everything. And it's, a, it's, it's amazing sometimes of the ignorance that, that, that they often show by not knowing context, by not knowing um, basically basically context and how the scriptures fit together and how the and and how to divide the covenants and all that. It's amazing that there's so much ignorance, even though we can be very educated, and it's because we still have this this lens that we look through and we see the Bible as a book of knowledge of good and evil. You've mentioned um, seeing, dividing the word into the two covenants. Can you talk about that real quickly? Like, what's the difference between the the old covenant and the new covenant, and why is that important? Well, it, it, it's important for a couple of reasons, for sure. One of them was that God even said during that time, and when, when, when they're talking about that, they're really talking about... Um, about the law, the legalism, which is the law, the, the knowledge of good and evil on steroids. I mean, 613 rules to follow. It's the best man's flesh could come up with it, to manage themselves. <laughs> it's the best man's flesh could come up with, but it brought death and destruction right. and condemnation on people. And people were, people were, were annihilated because of the failure to keep those rules and all that. And none of them could attain it. And, 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 and God would say himself, I will make a new covenant, not like this one, <laughs> you know, that failed because of your flesh. Uh, and essentially he says, I'm going to take you out of the way. It's not going to be about you. It's not going to be on you. The responsibility is not going to be on you. It's not going to be about your willpower to do good and, and not evil. 
I'm going to take care of that, and I'm going to reveal my grace to you, and I'm going to put my ways inside of you. And that's the life. That's the tree of life. And so, rightly dividing that word, we come into new covenant, we see the revelation of the Father through Christ. Mm-hmm. And it, it says things very plainly, like, such as, uh, until that no man had perceived God. Or really understood. Really, truly understood the Father. That's why we don't even see the, that word, you know, really in the, in the Old Testament. Father. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't see that revelation there. Jesus came full of that revelation, full mm-hmm. of grace, full of truth. And, and the Son revealed the Father to us. I mean, over and over in so many ways. They would say, show us the Father. And he would say, if you've seen me. And so we see him going around doing good, healing all that were oppressed. We see him, we, 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 we see him being gracious and, and being drawn to and attracted to the outcast, the sinner, the thief, the sex worker, the one caught in, uh, in, in habitual sin and all of those things. And we see his graciousness and goodness and love being poured out to them. Not one ounce of condemnation, not one ounce of the knowledge of good and evil mm-hmm. was he pouring out um, on, on these, these people that had failed to live anywhere close to the standard of the knowledge of good and evil. And so when we, when we, when we see that, we see that there was, there was an old way mm-hmm. that, that, that man did things by attempting to keep the rules, the knowledge of good and evil. And then we see grace. We see full, the right. one full of grace come in. And grace, nothing less than grace, reveals the nature of our Father. And that's a nature we can fall in love with. That's a nature we can rest easy with. That's a nature we can trust and feel safe with. Um, That's a nature that we are drawn to. Mm -hmm. And that's where we finally feel the intimacy with God. Before, Before that, when I was when I was reading a book of knowledge of good and evil instead of a book of life, um, I tried to find intimacy through working, mm-hmm. praying more, but praying it, long, fasting would bring intimacy. I would think, you know, um, just doing so many uh, spiritual or religious activities um, were going to help me to find that intimacy with God. The graciousness and goodness of God it becomes almost an automatic thing mm-hmm. because you're just simply drawn to daddy's heart and you realize where your home is now. Wouldn't you say that the Pharisees of the day were operating with a book of knowledge with their, with their scriptures and the way they read them? And it says that God so loved the world, including these Pharisees who were reading this scriptures as a book of knowledge, he, he came into that world and said, I'm going to show you what's underneath what you're seeing mm-hmm. as good and evil. And this is Jesus starting to reveal the nature of the father, like you mentioned. But then on the cross, that was where it was executed, right? That with the shedding of the blood, a new covenant was established. Mm-hmm. So Jesus was kind of showing us the Father mm-hmm. and talking about it and teaching and showing. And then when he did the work that he did on the cross, 
that was the new covenant was established. Right. And, and Hebrews 12 also says that that blood that he shed, it speaks something. So it tells us something about the father so much. It tells us one thing, look, see what I've done here. There's no more sacrifice for sin. It's over. Sin will never be an issue. Your inadequacies, your weaknesses, your failures, that will never be an issue between you and the Father. It w- none of that stuff matters. Your sins and iniquities I'll remember no more, is what he said about this new covenant that mm-hmm. Jesus established for us. And so it speaks something. And what that speaks is the Father's heart again. It speaks yeah. how great his love is, how great, merciful. And it speaks to us that his character was never in the knowledge of good and evil. Right. His character is in love and grace. It's life. And in him, we find fullness and freedom um, in life. And so the, the cross, the, the death on the cross, not only did it do something, but it speaks something loud and clear to us about the nature um, of, of, of our father. And, and yeah, the Pharisees didn't, they, they, they saw it as a book of knowledge of good and evil. And Jesus even said, look, you guys, he said, he says, you search the scriptures you know, you pour over the scriptures trying to find life, trying to find eternal life, but you will not receive me. They're missing the very source yes. of that life, yeah. but they're searching the scriptures. And, um, you know, Paul talked about it, said these people said they have a zeal for God, but not after knowledge. They don't really know. Mm-hmm. They don't really know God. And you can't know God until you see his goodness. And that is, and you can see it in the Bible. Yeah. It's there. You know, I've not had to leave the Bible to believe in in an amazing grace and an unconditional love. It's all in the Bible. And it's true because some people do just leave the Bible because all they see is the legalism. Yep. They're still seeing that mask. Yep. And of course they want to do away with the mask right. because that that's only brought them um, hurt. You know, right. they've only been hurt by it. So they just want to throw it away. But what we're saying is, is to look deeper, mm-hmm. look more intently, because underneath that is something profoundly beautiful it's and profoundly, profoundly beautiful. empowering and, and encouraging. It's empowering. And it's also a simple truth. It's the simplicity of the good news. Whereas the, the, when, if we read it as a book of knowledge of good and evil, it's very complex. And I complicated. Mean, there's rule upon yeah, rule upon yeah. rule upon rule. And just when you think that you're living okay, some preacher can find can preach on more rules that you <laughs> that you haven't known before because they're in there. <laughs> I like this um, scripture from uh, Micah. It says, um, "He has shown you, O oh man, what is good." And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? So to me, that book of life and reading it and seeing it that way, that's what it produces is that humility mm-hmm. and 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 justice and, and mercy. That comes, yeah. When, when you're looking at it as like on the surface, like a book of knowledge of good and evil, that's when you're, you're giving condemnation or you're seeing I'm better or I'm worse than you. And I'm, you know, you're, you're on this scale of like, this is what's good for the world. And 
you know, you believe it's self-righteousness is what yeah. I'm saying. You remember the Samaritan woman asked Jesus, she said, sir, I can tell you're a prophet or you know things. So settle the issue once and for all. The Jews say that we're to worship in Jerusalem. We believe that we worship on Mount Gerizim. This has been going on for hundreds of years. Which one of us is right? Tell us right now, which one is right? And Jesus said, it's not about either one of those. He says, because the hour has come now, it is now when the true worshipers, they worship the Father in spirit and in truth. It's not about where you do it, how you do it, any of those things. It's about, it's about worshiping or knowing him in truth. It's really connecting, connecting in an intimate way with God. So the mask comes off. And whether you worship this place or whether you do it this way. And that's way, the mask, those works, where yeah. and how and when you do it. Yep. When that comes off, then you're in the life, the book of life. And then there's or nothing the but you life. and God. Yeah. Nothing but you and God. And there's no more barriers. There's no more masks. There's no more rules of knowledge of good and evil. There's no more you're supposed to do this. You should do this. You shouldn't do that. Taste not, touch not, do not, all of those things. Those, they fade away. The mask fades away and we see the goodness of God. Welcome home. Yes. Welcome to life. This is what it's all about. Hey, uh, those of you listening, we, uh, if this has brought any questions up, we certainly want to help with that. We, we like questions. We want to deal with it. We want to clarify things. Uh, that that might need to be clarified. We, we like talking about it more with you. Yeah, we've done it quite a few times. People have reached out or had yeah. a question or a comment or uh, something they needed clarification with. Yeah, so, uh, so we leave love us that. a yeah. comment or question uh, there and maybe we can use it to help other people in a mm -hmm. future episode. Um, so um, And depending on what, uh, which podcast you're listening to, there might be a place for you to leave a message there, or you can reach us on Facebook as well, or Instagram, just, uh, look up Rick Manis or Judy Manis, and we'd be happy to respond that way. Mm -hmm. Also on our website, rickmanis.com, there's a contact place where you can send us a message yeah. that way. Yeah. So thank you for listening. And we hope that you'll remember to look beyond the mask of the knowledge of good and evil and see the beauty and the, the life Bible. and the graciousness and the goodness of the heart of your heavenly father. Have a great day. Hey, if you've enjoyed our podcast today, please subscribe and consider leaving us a review. And if these conversations have encouraged you, head on over to our website at rickmanis.com. There's all kinds of resources there, so check it out. Have a great day.